Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. Ronald Reagan said it this way, These soldiers live for a cause more important than their own life. They did not volunteer to die. They volunteered to defend values and die if need be. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. It's bigger than us. It's like Nehemiah rebuilding the walls, getting attacked. You're like, all right, I'm following what God's told me to do. I'm supposed to be doing what God's telling me to do, but I keep getting attacked over here. Then do what Nehemiah does. Put a trowel on him, build your walls, and put your sword in the other hand. With assistant pastor Chad Campbell. This life is a battle. It is a war. You can accept it or not, but it is. And it's a war and a battle for the loved ones that are the closest to you. Think about what is the most important thing or people in your life? What are you going to leave them with? What are they going to be able to do because of what you have put into them? Now, let's join assistant pastor Chad Campbell for this week's Sunday sermon. So this weekend, um, we get to celebrate and honor the, um, all of the, the fallen that have sacrificed everything for us. A lot of people will say, sacrifice for their country. Ask the soldiers, they'll tell you, sacrificed for the Americans, not necessarily the country itself. For you, for me. All who have served know the risks were high. They knew they were high, but the reward of freedom was higher. And for those who sacrificed everything, we are not to forget them. These soldiers have left a legacy in each of us. They have left something in each of us, even when we don't know who they were. A couple years ago, uh, my wife and kids and I went back um, to visit my, my family back in West Virginia and Kentucky. And my grandfather and my grandmother were moving into an assisted living place. My grandfather is going to be 95 years old in a week. 95. World War II vet. I had no idea he was ever even in the military. I am 40, I'm going to be 45 years old, and I had no idea he was in the military. He never talked about it, ever. Never told me anything about it. And he was an amphibian um, in uh, World War II on the Battle of Palaleo. I think I said that right. Which the, the Marines say is the bitterest battle of the war for the Marines. I have no idea. So we're sitting there, I'm like, granddaddy. Like he had all these medals and all these things out. I'm like, granddaddy, what is this? And my grandmother says, your grandfather, your granddaddy was, he was a Marine in World War II. I'm like, granddaddy, can you tell me your story? Tell me, tell me about it. Tell me what happened. Tell me, tell me. And for five minutes, maybe, seven, maybe seven minutes, he started to tell me his story. And he started to tell me how he was amphibian on the gun of the boats when they were coming into the land. And he was, he was one on the gun, and he had a guy right beside of him so that if he was killed, the other guy just jumped up and grabbed the gun from him and just kept on going. And then he'd start talking about what they were doing as far as shooting into these pillboxes. And as soon as he said, we were lighting up these pillboxes and these people were coming out, as soon as he started to explain this, he just broke. He just broke and he just starts weeping. I've never even seen the man cry. In my lifetime, I don't think I've ever heard the man speak more than three sentences at a time. 
And my grandmother looked at me and she said, Chad, he's never spoken about that. She didn't even know about that. And they've been married for over 70, 70 some years. I'm like, oh my gosh, granddaddy. Like, and, and that was it. That's all, that's all that I could get from him. At that moment, though, when he was telling me about that, I was like, wow. Like, I'm feeling pr- I feel proud right now. Why do I? I don't even know why I feel proud. I wasn't there. I only heard a five-minute story, but I feel proud. I feel proud of what he stood for. Like, and it put something in me. And I'm like, wow, I need to know more. I said, granddaddy, I want to give you a tape recorder. And when we all leave, would you take some time and just speak your story into your tape recorder? And then I'm going to have a transcriber type it all out and give it to all of the men in the family so that we have this of you and what you stood for and what you did. And he said, I'll try. A couple weeks later, I got the recorder back, and he told me, he said, I couldn't figure it out. Soldiers. They're not going to come and talk about their stories to us. It was a time that they don't necessarily want to remember, but they want to remember the people that stood beside of them. They want to remember what they stood for, and they want to remember what it was all about for them. What was the bigger picture? What was bigger than them that they followed their orders and did what they did for us? Freedom's not free. And though this weekend is one of those weekends where, you know, we all love having another day off of work tomorrow, and we all love having the family together in that, try to remember, this is not free. What we have is not free. Memorial Day is to honor those that have died for us. And we need to remember that. Amen? Ronald Reagan said it this way, these soldiers lived for a cause more important than their own life. They did not volunteer to die. They volunteered to defend values and die if need be. It's a true legacy. And the soldier is a prime example of how a Christian a follower of Christ is to live their life. If you call yourself a follower of Christ, stand up, please. Stand up. If you call yourself a follower of Christ, stand up. Even you with jacked up hips and messed up knees, get up. Then you're a soldier of Christ. You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have been brought into the army of God. Amen? You are a soldier of Christ. I'm going to have a seat. Do you know what those requirements are? Do you know what those requirements are? We talk about love all the time. Praise God for the love and the mercy and the grace and for what Christ has done for us. Amen? But there's more to it. There's more to it. You are a soldier in the army of God, and we're going to talk about that. Let's pray.
Father God, I thank you so much for this morning. Father, I pray that <laughs> I pray that you get these words out, that this is you, and that uh, nobody here gets in the way, including me. I pray that you open our hearts, that you give us encouragement, boldness to do what you have called us to do, to stand up for what you have called us to stand up for. Open every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys agree we are in this constant battle every day. Constant battle. There is no easy walk throughout the day in a Christian's life unless they decide just to turn their head the other way. We sing, I am a child of God just now. I am free indeed. I am free because somebody else accepted their orders. Somebody else sacrificed for me to be free. Not only in this country, as a follower of Christ. Yes, everybody will say, Jesus Christ died for all of us. Amen. But somebody else sacrificed to get that word to me. Somebody else accepted those orders to get the love of Christ to me, for me to accept. We started the topic of legacy a couple weeks ago. And I asked you guys to think about, up until now, what do you fight for? What do you fight for? What stories do other people share about you? I know if you asked me that when I was in college, I would not want to tell you what stories other people share about me. What stories do people share about you? And what part of you is going to live on past you? What you do, who you are, what is going to live on after you die? Because you're going to. And I ask you to write down what you wanted your legacy to be. And you can look around during this time of year, this weekend, and you see flags up. You see people wearing shirts, people wearing flags, people just rocking this Memorial Day weekend. But do they really know what Memorial Day weekend is about, or is it they're proud to be free? Try to come after my guns. Let's get it on. Is that what they're proud to be about? Or are they proud to be about what those soldiers stood for? Are they proud because of the unity of coming together and accepting orders to follow their commander-in-chief? Which gives them that freedom. These soldiers' legacy is whatever it takes to fulfill my purpose for the cause. Whatever it takes to fulfill my purpose for the cause. You don't remember the soldiers' names, and you have not met 99.99% of them, but they still make an impact in who you are. You can't watch those videos and not be broken. If you do, you're a follower of Christ turning the other way. Just speaking it out. A soldier must be willing to take orders or you're not a soldier. Your agreement in your orders is not required. It's not vital to the mission. The vision, 
the direction and the orders of your commander-in-chief, God, that's what is vital to the mission. Those are your orders. That's what we accept or that's what we turn our cheek to the other side. Soldier must be willing to follow their orders. Deuteronomy 13.4, it is the Lord your God you must follow and him you must revere. Keep his commands and obey him. Serve him and hold fast to him. So let's look at, we, we, we use this word of God. This is our playbook, amen? And this is how we live our life, off of the word of God. So let's look at some of these soldiers from the word. Abraham. God comes to Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. Boom, gives him a son, crazy, over 90 years old. Now he says, all right, go kill him. Go sacrifice him. Why in the world would God ask you to sacrifice your son? Abraham didn't know. I have no idea why God would ask to sacrifice his son. I'm praying to God that God never asked me to sacrifice my son. But Abraham followed his orders. He followed his orders, and God provided in the midst of those orders. Moses, if we ask that question, why did God choose a man who couldn't even speak well to deliver his people from Egypt? Why would you have a politician get up and try to run for office if they can't even speak? They're going to get destroyed. So God gives him Aaron to be able to speak for him, to deliver his people. You say, well, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because they didn't accept their orders. See, they could have been in the promised land 11 days after they left Egypt, but they chose not to follow their orders. So God said, well, then wander for your 40 years. That generation died except for Joshua and Caleb and Moses. They all passed the new generation. Now they have to accept the same covenant, and then they get to go into the promised land. They could have gone right in, but they chose not to. Joshua, born in Egypt, born a slave, goes out and, and comes, goes out and as a spy, comes back, he's like, we can take this, we can do this. People are like, he's crazy, stone him, stone him, get rid of him. Now Moses is dying. Moses' time is up, and Joshua is the chosen one to take them into the promised land. Joshua's like, God, they don't even, they don't even want me here. They don't want me. And the guy says, I want you to take him across the river. The river was the sign of a defense of that promised land, of the land. If you get through the river, you got a good access to get in there. And God says, I want you to walk these people across the river. They asked him, two million people? Now that's all in scholars and stuff. Two million people? We'll cross that. So what's God tell Joshua? Take the priest, tell them, put the ark by the water, and then have them walk across. Two million people. The priests go up to the water, hold the ark, boom. Water stop, they walk across on dry land. Now you knew about Moses. Did you remember that one? into the promised land on dry land. 
soldier following his orders, even though he doesn't understand what those orders would be or what they mean. Even if he doesn't understand it. David. Enemies coming against Israel. And David is like, what is going on? Yeah, I, I like David because I'm a little dude too, right? And I tell people that all the time in business. Yeah, I feel like I'm David versus Goliath. Let's do this. Let's do it because I know David won. Doesn't mean I'm going to. But I'm like, I know David won. It's an encouragement to myself. Don't give my secrets away, all right? 1 Samuel 17, 26. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Situations we're in. They have no power over our God. You might not like the outcome of what happens, but God has got you. You have to keep marching. He's got you. And Daniel, you know, Daniel, um, Daniel, and then we're in Jerusalem. And this is where the Babylonian exile starts, if you ever want to read about it. Um, but with this Babylonian exile, king comes in, takes the people from, from uh, Jerusalem again because the people of Israel were not following God. They weren't following God. Comes in, takes the people. And then uh, the king wants to take the people of royalty, the people of wisdom and knowledge. And what he wants to do is he wants to try to manipulate them. He wants to try to get them, like he wants to brainwash them. He wants to brainwash them. So he starts educating them in their ways. He starts trying to get them to eat of his table, drink of his wine. And he keeps trying to get them to do this. And Daniel is like, no, I won't eat of that because my dietary law does not allow me to do that. He knew what the, what the um, consequences were. He knew he could be killed. But he stayed strong to his orders. He stayed strong to his orders. Even when, if you imagine, what's a wine from a king look like? Like, what kind of party is that every day? Have as much wine you want. You can eat whatever you want. No. Those aren't my orders. It's not what I'm to be doing. And for us, those values are tested every single day, just as his were. Each of these soldiers messed up as well. We know they messed up. At different times, they messed up. But when you take a bird's eye view and you look at their lives, they followed their orders. They were successful as soldiers of God. Because if they weren't, we wouldn't be using them to guide our life. Amen? You guys still with me? Maturity doesn't always come with age. Sometimes age comes alone. So what do I mean by that? As a soldier, there's a ranking system. There's a ranking system as a soldier in the army of God. You are not the commander-in-chief. I am not the commander-in-chief. God is the commander-in-chief. God is the one that gives us the orders, and then we are the soldier. 
Many times we think that we should be the commander telling God what should be happening in this situation. And I get it. I get it. If, if I have cancer, God, you need to heal this. Now, this is different than crying out, asking God for, forgive, uh, for healing. This is, why would God, my God would never allow something like that to happen. How does your God allow a kid to die? I have no idea. But I know that he's the commander-in-chief. And I do know that there's a bigger purpose than just my life and a bigger purpose than what I'm seeing that matters. There's something else there. For me, God, if I could just get my doom buggy, I'd be a happy guy, you know? But still, I still don't have, no, I didn't get the boat or the side-by-side, so now I'm going for a doom buggy. So what legacy did you write down? I hope you did it. If you didn't, I hope you do it after this. I have a friend, I have a friend who is very open. He's like, Dude, I just love money. <laughs> I love money. I love what I can do with money. I love the stuff that money buys me. I just love my, and I mean, this is, this is how he talks. Yeah. I'm serious. He's like, I just love my money. And he works six to seven days a week. So his legacy is going to be money. That's what his legacy is going to be to his kids. That's what his legacy is to me. And yeah, he's got some cool stuff. He does. If you want your legacy to be about what's best for you, then you live a selfish life. And people will understand what your legacy is, and that'll make an impact in them. If you want to be success, then you need to define what success is. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.1, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. Whoa. I pick one out of each one of those right now. In myself. In myself. But they will not get very far, for, they, for their folly will be plain to all. Their folly will be plain to all. That's what they leave. Words mean nothing. Your words mean nothing. How you live your life will be your legacy to those around you. So what I wrote on mine, if anybody's interested, <laughs> now I've been cheating because I've been going through this for a couple of months. This has been a crazy emotional job for me because I hated this word, as I told you guys last time. I never liked the word legacy. Because when I heard legacy, I always thought, why do, I'm, I'm supposed to be a follower of Christ. Christ is supposed to be remembered, not me, right? And people will talk about legacy, like, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be remembered for? But legacy is what lives in people after you die from that experience and relationship with you. That's your legacy. For me, 
the things that were the most important for me, the legacy that I want, is I want my daughter to know when she and her husband start having difficult times, who they go to. I want them to know who they need to go to together. I want my son to know how to treat his wife and his family and that they're not made to serve him. He's there to serve them. Or when things around us don't look good, don't look favorable, me and my soldiers continue to march. We continue to press forward, taking our orders and trusting that God is going to lead us in the right direction, even if it doesn't look right right now. Trusting that God is going to take us the right way. And that friends know how to listen to somebody in a time of need and can lead them to the cross every time. That's mine. But again, I've been cheating. I've been going through this for a couple months. Serving each other is what soldiers do. That's what we do. So yeah, I understand that some people have difficult times with this. I have another friend. And he started going after God. He started coming, he started going after, just, he just started going after God. And as soon as he started going after God, he starts having marital problems. And he's like, Chad, see, this is the reason why I don't want to do this. Because every time I start going after God, something happens to me. So he doesn't want to. So we stopped throwing our nets out of the boat because in our fleshly minds, we think nothing good is going to come of it. On the other side, I just don't want to. As a soldier, you're in a battle. You're in an army. I don't want to give it up. I don't want to say, I like it. I enjoy it. I don't want to give it up. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven. I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to heaven. Yes, you are. But you have sabotaged the life that God wants to give to you at the same time. You have orders. And if we turn our heads the other way, we're turning away from the life that God is wanting to give to us and to those around us. We sabotage it. But that's fine. That's fine too. Because it's our choice. It's your choice. Just remember, your legacy and the loved ones around you will be, be determined by your actions. How you live your life every day. One way or the other, that legacy is going to live out. It's going to live in your friends. It's going to live in your kids. One way or the other, good or bad. And if you're not following your orders, how can you expect that protection and blessings of God when he's trying to give it to us in that life? It's like, what about me? I, like, I'm, I'm going to serve as a soldier. We hear these stories about soldiers. They are in the battle, man. They, I mean, they, many times they're in there for months. They don't get to come out. There's nothing outside. Them and other soldiers constantly every day just fighting and fighting and fighting. What about me? What about me? What about what I want to do? I think you mean like, what about my spouse? 
What about my children? What about my grandchildren? What about the people that I work with? We need to start asking that instead of, what about me? Because if it's always about what about me, we're missing the bigger picture. The soldier's not going to be out in the, in the battlefield and then get an order, I oh, need you to go over there. Hey, wait, wait. I really want to go hang out at the beach for a little bit first. Then I'll get over there. You guys laugh at that. Because it sounds so irrational. But it sounds rational in our own minds when we want to do it for ourselves. I'm here, you guys. I've been going through this for two months, okay? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling this. I'm right there. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than us. It's like Nehemiah rebuilding the walls, getting attacked. You're like, all right, I'm following what God's told me to do. I'm supposed to be doing what God's told me to do, but I keep getting attacked over here. Then do what Nehemiah does. Put a trowel in one hand, build your walls, and put your sword in the other hand. Bring it. Let's do it. That's how they rebuilt the walls. If you put your sword down, you're vulnerable. You've got to keep them both going at all times. The legacy has to be intentional. Intentional, meaning deliberately, on purpose, for a purpose. Intentional. It's not a part time thing. You can't do it, it's not. If you have orders, you can't just do them sometime. Can you imagine? Pastor came, pastor here. He's like, ah, I'm not going this morning. Had a rough night last night. I watched Fox News all night and fought then. I don't want to go fight again on Sunday morning. If you guys know my father-in-law, you think that might, <laughs> that'd be funny to you. Or the worship team. Nah, long night. I'm not going to come worship. What do you mean? You are a soldier in the army of God. There are no excuses. None. Accept your orders, and those are your orders. You don't get to pick and choose. Things come up. Work, yes. But if you have a choice, you better follow your orders because you're sabotaging what God has for you. I'm going to do this. Everybody stand up. If you call yourself a soldier of God, stand up. I was never, if you don't, don't worry about it. Nobody's going to judge you. I was never, you ready? I was never, hang on though. I was never offered the opportunity to do an oath for the military. Hang on, Bubba. I, I, that's one of my big regrets. You know, you have your things. I wish I would have gone in the military just because it's something I, I love studying about. But if I was in the in the military, and the army of God had an oath that I was to take. This is what I think it would sound like. I am a soldier in the army of my God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. 
I will either retire in this army at the rapture or die in this army. But I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. If he needs me in the Sunday school to teach the children, work with the youth, help adults, or just sit and learn, he can use me because I am there. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, me or lure me because I am a soldier. I am not a wimp. I am in place, saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I committed I am a soldier I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit when Jesus called me into this army I had nothing if I end up with nothing I will still come out ahead I will win my God has has and will continue to supply all my needs I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell soldier. Even death cannot destroy me, for when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier marching heaven a soldier. Amen? I am a soldier. I am a soldier in the army of God. No excuses. That's D.L. Moody, if anybody ever wants to look it up. I am, a, you can say it. I am a soldier. Let me put this. I am a soldier leading other soldiers. I am a soldier leading other soldiers. That's where my legacy comes in. I'm leading my children as soldiers in a battle. I'm leading my loved ones as soldiers in a battle. I'm leading my friends as soldiers in a battle. What do they see? What do they see me doing? How do they see me reacting? 
Which direction am I leading these soldiers? Because when I'm no longer there and they're in that battle, they're going to repeat what I led them in. Can I accept that with the way that I am living my life right now? Am I teaching them how to fight and be successful and follow orders? Or am I teaching them to retreat and complain and whine and allow the enemy to rob from them the life that God has given to them? What do I want my legacy to be? What do I want my children to do? What do I want those loved ones around me to do? My legacy helps me make these choices. And my decisions is what leads them in that direction. The decisions that I make is what leads the soldiers that I'm leading in battle. And don't misunderstand. If you're my friend, you're leading me in a battle. If I'm your friend, I'm leading you in a battle. And we are leaving a legacy in each of us by what we do. I have that choice. I get to make that decision. And if I'm not going to stand up, if you're not going to stand up for your children or for your friends to lead them in that battle, who will? Who are you going to allow to do that? And if you're like, I'm going to get to it, when are you going to get to it? When do we start doing it? When do we stop accepting what's happening around us and start saying, I am a soldier? This ain't going to happen. I'm a soldier. When trauma's happening and you feel there's no way out, your soldiers still need you to lead them. Like, you don't understand, there's so much, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times you're getting shot at. It doesn't matter how many guns they have aimed at you. You're still fighting and you're still leading other soldiers. You're leading those soldiers. They can't afford for you to quit. And they can't afford for you to fall into the battles around you. Things are tough. Things are hard. I just need to drink this week. Just give me a week. Let me drink. And then your kids see you drinking. And then you're like, why are you drinking? That's what you did in the battle. Why are you attacking me? That's what you did to mom in the battle. Why are you disrespecting us? That's what you did to dad. It's your legacy. It's your battle. What do you want your soldiers to fight with? Seriously, guys, grab this. This has been so deep in me these past What do you want your soldiers to fight with? Because that's what they need to see you armed with. That's what they have to see us armed with. What am I taking into that battle? Soldiers don't spend all this time to clean their guns, get them ready, put on their fatigues, get their bags ready, all their arsenal ready to go, to go out into the battle. And then they just sit and say, I'm not going to accept my orders. 
We come together. Churches come together to arm themselves, to put on their fatigues, to get their, their arsenal ready to go out into that battle. What do we do when we get out there? We sit. Soldiers take their orders. Soldiers follow their orders. We're intentional about our orders. And by living those orders and living that purpose, they live a legacy by their actions. That's why we can look at all these people, these soldiers on Memorial Day, and it means something to us. It leaves this in us. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than them. And they sacrifice for it. Leaving a legacy of the people back home for what they were fighting for. Not sitting around watching the battle. You know, like I said, my grandfather took this, this stand. It was bigger than him. And I feel so proud. Like, it once make me do the same. Not go stand on the front of a boat with a gun getting shot at. But it comes to me like, I can't accept when people are coming after me in fights. I can't accept just allowing to say the enemy is, well, the enemy's in overdrive right now. No way. The enemy's in overdrive, so am I. The enemy's stepping it up, so do I. If the enemy's bringing more arsenal, I'm going to bring more because my God is bigger. All I have to do is just follow my orders. Following Christ is a battle. It's a war. And you have to approach it as a soldier of God. Yes, you're going to go to heaven. Yes, if you receive Jesus Christ, you're going there. But are you going to receive the life that God has called for you and your loved ones? And when you die, are your soldiers equipped in that battle by your lifestyle? You know, the flag, guys, look at this. It's backwards, right? The stars on the other side. You ever notice that? Some of you military people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Do you know why? It's because when they're marching into battle, it's supposed to look like the flag is flying because they're marching to the battle, saying, bring it. They're not retreating. They're, they're going into the battle. I'm not backing down. I'm coming. Flag is flying. That way. I'm coming. Many people in the church, in this church, as soon as they want to go into, as soon as they go into a ministry, they get attacked, and the devil comes. They comes. The enemy comes, and it destroys them. But at that time, you have a choice. We're going to march with the cross in front of us, right? We're marching with the cross in front of us, going to that battle. I'm coming with my orders and my God in front of me. Nothing you can do, nothing you can do can take me away from that. Nothing you can do will rob that from me unless all of a sudden my flag, my cross, is flipped the other way. Now you've won. Because I'm not accepting my orders. And my soldiers are going to learn that. I'm a soldier leading other soldiers. What direction am I leading these soldiers? 
what direction? Do we have any vets stand up? Any vets? Bill? Any vets? You can stand up? Come on up here. Come on up here, brother. You know, this shirt, R-E-D, stands for Remember Everyone Deployed. Memorial Day is supposed to be for those who sacrifice their lives. But every day, soldiers sacrifice their lives. And this is a movement that started back in 2005, wearing a red shirt on Fridays to remember every soldier sacrificing for us back here. Every day, our families, our kids, our loved ones should realize the sacrifices that we make as the soldier leading them into battle, taking and accepting the orders that our commander-in-chief has given us to equip them when we, we are no longer here. And we get the choice, Bubba, go ahead, we get the choice to make the decision on what that is. Don't turn away from this. This is real. This life is a battle. It is a war. You can accept it or not, but it is. And it's a war and a battle for the loved ones that are the closest to you. Think about what is the most important thing or people in your life? What are you going to leave them with? What are they going to be able to do because of what you have put into them? What are the orders that God has given you to uphold? We follow by example. Follow by that example and follow your orders. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.